Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Outspoken with White and Jordan. Hard-edged, hard-nosed, hard to beat. Where are you coming from in this one? Your 100% essential download. Jim White and Simon Jordan. You let this get out of control. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Hi, this is Jim White, and thanks for listening to Outspoken with White and Jordan. Today we react to Christian Stellini sacking at Tottenham and hear from the fans who give their view on the club. Simon clash with those supporters who feel that Daniel Levy is to blame for the current situation. Plus, I speak exclusively to Brentford defender Ethan Pinnock on the club's excellent season. And I ask Simon whether or not the club could find it difficult to keep hold of manager Thomas Frank. Tottenham fans, where are your minds at the moment? Uh, we're going to talk other things, Tottenham. Don't worry about that. But we're, we're dwe- dwelling on that and on this club at the moment. There's one, Sean, Spurs fan. Sean, thanks for the message. This seems to encapsulate the feeling, Simon. The biggest problem with the fan base right now, guys, is that the fans are no longer angry. They become apathetic to the situation. They've had the life drained out of them by three <coughs> years of anti-football management. Most of them were at uh, St James's Park on Sunday laughing, not crying. We just have to hope that the departure of uh, the last of Conte's buddies means that we can at least have a refreshing end to the season. Yeah, that's an interesting one because if you talk about the style of football, you know, that can't be levied at the owner, can it? The style of football has to be levied at the manager because if you've got an owner walking down into the dressing room saying, this is how I want to play, then you're going to have a problem. Right. With um, You recruit a manager based upon winning football matches, not necessarily about the style of play. And Conte is a pragmatic manager. And there was a group of people that applauded him in the door, me being one of them, because I thought he'd get Tottenham to have a different culture about them. Oh, and I think you were right to. Yeah. Yeah, I think... At I, the time. I, I thought Conte would bring something to Tottenham that clearly... He's had in his locker, hmm. but not this version of Conte, not um, this version of him. Uh, Rupert's a Liverpool and Chelsea fan. I don't know how that works out. Uh, love listening to you as always, Jim. Uh, I enjoyed it there when you were giving it to Simon. Thanks, Rupi. I uh, have to agree with you, Jim. It's not all about money, though. Usually Simon's on the money, but not in this argument. Brighton's a great example. It's not about money for Brighton. See, I knew that was the, the, the yes, club to throw in. But when you when you look down at the legacy of the Premier League and you look at who's won what, when, how, and where they featured over the years, it is the clubs with the most money. How did Blackburn 
and win the Premier League in 1995 under Jack Walker mm. because Jack Walker was the first of an incarnation of football club owners that were going to pour money in. How have Chelsea become what they've become, the most successful club in silverware over the last 20 years? Through money. How have Man City achieved their outcomes? How have Liverpool achieved their outcomes? How have Arsenal, Manchester United achieved their outcomes? Now, every now and again, you'll have an outlier. And in this instance, it's Brighton because they're brilliantly won. But what will ha- run? But what will happen is for poor, for poor sod in Brighton is all their best players will get raided by every other football club, and, they know that. and Brighton will have to be reincarnated. Look at Southampton. Once upon a time, yeah. a team punching in this league, they're going to get relegated yeah. because of the cha- challenges of football's finances. Having been an owner yourself, before I come to you, Glenn, the Tottenham fan, having been an owner yourself, Simon, marks out a ten for the job that Levy is doing at this time. For the economic uh, stability of Tottenham Hotspur and the club that he inherited with Joe Lewis and the club that they've built and all they've built around, it's probably 9.5 out of 10. For the win ratio of opportunities that should have been taken and the appointments of managers, you're probably in the 6 range. Oh, right. Okay. And with that, let's hear from the Tottenham fans who are queuing up to speak to us this morning. Glenn, good morning. Where is your head with your club? Good morning, Jim and Simon. Morning. I, at the point, I couldn't think Spurs could be in a better place than we've been in. I'm at the age of 35. I've seen us in terrible times, mid-90s. And Mr Levy's been absolutely fantastic for us. Look what we've gone and achieved. Not achieved, but what I've seen. Spurs beat Real Madrid, play Barcelona. All them amazing days and nights we've had. Uh, when I was 20, 15 and 10, that seemed distant memory. Distant um Right. Vision. Right. And uh, I think what he's achieved and got us to see has been absolutely fantastic. But having said that, Glenn, you're in a you're in a state right now that even you, we, an admirer we, of Levy, would not have predicted you'd be in. Are we really? We're not in a state. We, we, we're comfortable with position, probably get European football again. Let's remember that, you know, mid-90s. We, we were nowhere near that. You know, it's been absolutely fantastic. So are you looking for a perspective from your fellow Tottenham fans? Yeah, I just can't believe it. You know, they, they slate the guy. Um, you know, just look around what we've got. Best training grounds in the country, best stadium in the country. Who would have thought that? No offence, Glenn. Just before you go, Jack's a Tottenham fan who's saying, get that moron off. It doesn't, <laughs> doesn't sound like a Tottenham fan. Sorry, Glenn. Kevin's a big Tottenham fan. Kevin, do you agree with Glenn, who's saying, cut Levy a bit of slag? I, I do, partially. Um I give Levy and before him Sugar great respect for what they've done with Tottenham because Tottenham were a basket case about 1990 before Sugar came in. I can't remember the exact dates. I'm an old fart. I'm 72. (laughs) I was there in the 60s and I've seen the glory days. And yeah, I'm really disappointed about where we are at the moment. The one criticism I have of Levy is I would say, get your finger out the pie when it comes to the actual footballing side of things. You're brilliant as a businessman. You produced a fantastic stadium a company is doing extremely well but frankly you might be a fan but you're not a manager get a decent manager back him give him the the wherewithal to get rid of the the dross look at what um arteta did at arsenal with Aubameyang. what a brave man but but, but, kevin you must have thought he was getting a decent guy in when he got conti in um I did something when Conti came in that I've never done in my life before because I'm not a gambler. I put my top to work funding this year, um, albeit a tenner, but you know, I actually thought it might work. But unfortunately, Levy, I think, wants... Yes, he's got to be the boss of the company, but he wants too much say, as I understand it, in the running of the team. There's a story about Danny Rose going back to Mourinho days. Whether it's true, I don't know. But I understand, or I'm told, that he sat with Mourinho... Um, said what he said. Mourinho said what he said. And then he said, well, I'll go and talk to Daniel then. And he did. 
as I understand it. You can't do that. You've got to get right behind your manager. You need a Ferguson. You need someone to, to run that club with a rod of steel. Are you okay with Ryan Mason in charge from this point onwards? At the moment, I do, yes, because he's, he's a lovely lad and he's, he's seen us through different thick and thin. Um, personally, I'm a bit betwixt and between, but I think I'd quite like to see Poch come back because Poch never got the, the opportunity. I mean, he worked under enormous difficulties. He had no money, but he spent nothing. We were at Wembley and look what he achieved. Yeah, but Kevin, he's coming back, but he's going to Chelsea. Well, maybe. I'm just saying what I would like to see okay. it, and that may well be the case. Kevin, many um, good points, but thank you for that. Gareth, a, t- a Tottenham fan who is champion the bit to come on. Uh, Gareth, do you concur with anything that Kevin said? No, I don't. I don't. I'll tell you what, Jim. It's an, uh, Daniel Levy, right, he's been sitting on his hands, waiting, taking all the shortcuts. What's that? Pochettino said it years ago. What's the point of having a palace if you've got no furniture to put in it? That's like me. I've got, I own a little restaurant, right, and a pub. That's like me hiring Gordon Ramsay and saying, cook us Michelin-star dinner, but there's a slice of toast and a can of baked beans. <laughs> Every single manager this bloke hires, he doesn't give them the tools. They're winners. It's the same common denominator. Jose Mourinho, serial winner, doesn't give him everything. Conte. Uh, one day, Ramos has come out in the paper the other week and said... I wanted uh, Samueto, David Villia, when Berbatov left. Oh, we couldn't get them. We tried, but we got... Pavlachenko uh, and Darren uh, Bent. Yeah, we all read the same story, exactly. yeah. Yeah. But it's got so, a point here, Yeah, because Wanda Ramos has got bags of credibility because look where his career's gone since he left Tottenham. So Simon, when, when, you, when you talk about... Uh, exactly. Listen, you, you guys make observations. You talk about not having a palace, having a palace and not putting furniture in it. So exactly what did Pochettino do when he went to PSG with the palace that he had there, with this embarrassment of riches? Listen, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm one of the people, one of the most probably one... Well, I don't want Pochettino back at Spurs. You had, you had £175 million pounds worth of transfer spend. The year before with Conte, you were in a European Conference League. You got knocked out by some scabby Portuguese side, didn't you? Under Conte's watch. And, 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 you, talk, and you talk about Mourinho as a serial winner. Because I was in the same place as you, that I thought Conte would come in and do something different with Spurs. But I genuinely believe that the reason why Conte didn't do something with Spurs is because it was the wrong fit based upon Conte's personality, not Daniel Levy's. Because Daniel Levy's personality is well established. Everyone knows what Daniel is or what Daniel isn't. And if you come and work for Tottenham Hotspur, you know that you're going to have a chairman that's influential but never speaks to the media. Yeah, but Gareth sounds like a Tottenham fan who is willing to go through thick and thin if in the long term he thinks that there's going to be a pot of gold at the end. Gareth... What is the mood going to be like on Thursday against United? Well, I'll tell you what, that man would never have another penny out of me all the time he's down. What, yeah, well, that's it? He's a, well, listen, Conte's asked for Bastoni, he goes to Barcelona and gets a string player that don't even play. If, if he's not good enough for Barcelona, why should he be good enough for us? Gareth, seeing the line, here's Mark, another Tottenham fan who wants to put his view. Mark, good morning. Good morning, right? Good, mate. What do you think of what Gareth's saying? He's at it. I can understand, you know, because on the field, it's so frustrating. I've I got to be honest, I can't remember an entertaining 90 minutes for uh, about three years, to be honest with you. Um, we, we've even won games 4-0, and I felt like I'd rather peel my eyes, eyeballs out with a potato feeder. And it's yet, terrible. am I right, you're prepared to cut Levy a bit of slack? Oh, I'm, I'm 100% supportive of Levy. See, I'm a bit on the fence, because the football inside is, is diabolical. 
Um, the waters of our DNA has been mudded massively. But off the field, my God, it's phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. The stadium, the NFL deals, the boxing, the F1 Academy thing coming up. Gareth, off the field, it's phenomenal. Yeah, that's brilliant, Jim. Fantastic. Let's have more concerts there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely, because... Yeah, that's yeah, fantastic. What, was, what, what, was the what does that do for Tottenham Hotspur, mate? It does nothing for Tottenham Hotspur Football Club. Yeah, it means English National Investment Company. Football is diabolical. It needs to be addressed. It has been so frustrating. But what what would the subject be now if we were still at White Hart Lane? Don't get me wrong, the nostalgia and the love for White Hart Lane, we would not have moved an inch. We'd be mid-table, we'd be fighting relegation. There'd be no growth there. Yeah, but Gareth, but Mark, Gareth saying you don't, you don't put Gordon Ramsay in Gareth's pub to serve food. You know, it's not a Michelin star menu there. In other words, he's saying, yeah, you've got a palace, a wonder, wonderful stadium. But what about the team that's in it every week? And he's he's absolutely right with the quality of players and football and and the whole the whole meaner around the club. It it needs to improve massively, massively. But we've got one half of it right, you know. Gareth, one half of it right, but that's not enough for you. Not really, Jim. I mean, let's buy more land, build hotels on it. Well, what, I think what Spurs it. need is a good dose of relegation to get you guys back into perspective because you've got a football club like Aston Villa that are sure. equally as big a football club that have won the European Cup, that got relegated, come back, and you've got a fan base that appreciates where they are now in the league. You've got a situation where you've got the sixth... Um, uh, biggest income in the league, the f- fifth or sixth highest wage bill, the fi- fifth or sixth highest uh, expensive uh, built together squad. Yet you're expecting it to do more. What is it you expect? You 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 expect Tottenham to put themselves into financial hock? Is that what you want? He expects ability in the manager. No, 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 no. Well, you expect to Simon. win. Simon, I'm not expecting that. What I'm expecting is, when I'd rather be back at White Hart Lane and that billion pound going to Tottenham to win trophies. But that, but that billion pounds, with due respect, and I'm not defending the argument that you're making, that billion pounds takes your attendances up from 38,000 up to 62,000 and eventually will pay for itself and generate more income in the football club. And I don't understand, why aren't you so exasperated and so frustrated and so angry with your players? Why has everything got to be about Daniel Levy? Why can't it be about that disgusting performance on Sunday from the players and that disgusting performance against Sheffield United in the Cup? Got got no, why can't it be that anger fueled at the players? Gareth, he's got a point. Finish it for me. Simon, I, I, we, we played Liverpool. I can't, don't know if you remember. A few years back, we, we stuffed them 4-1 at Wembley when we was uh, at home at Wembley. Now, all he had to do there was go out and invest in that team. The year before, I think we got to the Champions League final. Liverpool went out. They bought Van Dijk. They bought Sadio Mane. Yeah, because they sold Coutinho for 150 million quid. You sold sold Gareth Bell for 89 million quid. You gave it to AVB and he peed it up against the wall. And the problem, you're not answering the question. Why are you... And it's not owner's union, but why are you so angry at Levy and not angry at the players? They knocked you out of the quarterfinals of the so FA Cup, not Daniel Levy. Well, they've been so close so many times, Simon. Oh, so they get a pass today. So when, so when they were close, Daniel Levy was close, that was okay. When they're not close, Daniel Levy's, well, the, vic- Daniel Levy's the villain and they're not. So why don't he push on? Why, why do you get... Well, you would say, uh, again, let's ask the question. Do you think 175 million quid of transfer spend last summer is a reasonable spend for your football club? Where's the 175 They never got no money back in. Well, it doesn't matter who got money in and out. We're talking about well, the gross spend. That's, that's 
not net spend, is it? Gareth, I didn't say I net think, spend, I said spend. Gareth, I think I need to give Simon your number, mate, and the two of you can meet up and have a cosy latte and discuss it <laughs> further. Thank you so much. Danger. Flammable exchanges ahead. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay authenticity guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Tomorrow night, meantime, Brentford travel across London and they will face Chelsea. Will Pochettino be there? I wonder. It's a game you can hear exclusively on the Talksport app. And ahead of this, I spoke to Brentford defender Ethan Pinnock. I put it to him, you know, for a club like Brentford that was on course for Europe, it's now two wins from the last 11. Bit of a hiccup. So what's happened? I think it's hard to, to put my finger directly on, you know, a specific thing. But, um, yeah, I think over the course of the season, you know, I think it's hard even for the top teams to not have a little dip. I think some, some of the games that we've lost or drawn, you know, when we look back on them, there were small margins that if changed, you know, we could have got a better result. But, you know, we're, we're still confident. There's still belief in the changing room. And, you know, we're, we're looking, looking to put things right as soon as possible. Would it not be normal, do you think, for a club like Brentford, after doing so well, that you might have a bit of a dip? Yeah, you know, um, it, that could be the case. You know, I think you see it, see it happen a lot um, when, when clubs go on, you know, good good runs and they've done well over a year or two, that there is a small dip. I think a few of the games, you know, we probably haven't reached our level, but, you know, we're, we're still working hard and it's just a matter of times before we're able to get back to winning ways. Well, you're 10th at the moment and we're coming towards the end of April. Whatever happens, Ethan, does it constitute a good season in your eyes? I believe so. I think, you know, the, the objective season after season is, is to always improve. I think, uh, you know, if we manage to, to better what we've done last year, uh, that could be seen as a decent season. I think the higher you finish up, that's where you get to thinking it's been a good or great season. Five or six games left to go. 
So we're going to go into every game trying to win, trying to figure out how we can adapt or what we can do to get three points. And if we manage to, to get some more wins, I think it will be classed as a good season. What do you think the realistic ceiling is, if you like, for a club like Brentford? Do you even have a ceiling? Do you consider anything a ceiling? I don't believe so. Um, a couple of years ago, we were in the Championship. Uh, our aim was to get to the Premier League and we managed to achieve that. And then obviously we had last season in the, in the Premiership where we, we had a strong season, finished 13th. And then now this season, we've been, been really strong. We've been in the top half for a long period of time. And, you know, I think the, the objective is always to look, look at what's ahead of you rather than the teams behind you. And I think by doing that, that's where you really get to, to how far you can progress. I think we've got a strong core of players that, that have been with us for, for a few years now and we've really gelled as a group. And I think by adding you know, pieces to that each time, I don't see why we can't keep on progressing. Ethan, on Wednesday you're, you're at Stamford Bridge and obviously it's Chelsea. But these days, I take it, you, you have no fear of going to a place like Stamford Bridge, whereas at one stage you might have had. Yeah, I believe every stadium, you know, a lot of the, the so-called big boys, you know, it's, it's tough for teams to go there and get anything. But I think from, you know, the, from the club, from the management, they fill us with a lot of confidence. Um, we work really hard on our game plan on, on individual games and, you know, figuring out, you know, little, little margins we can get our way to try and get good results. And we go into every game, you know, wanting to win, believing we can win. If you don't believe you can win, then you know there's there's not really much hope. So yeah, we, we do go there with confidence. This season we managed to to get some good results already, and you know I think as a club, you know we're really trying to feed off that and you know try and continue making good memories. What about this partnership you've established at the back with Ben Mee? I mean, he was a good player when he came, but he is a solid customer, isn't he? Yeah, he's been brilliant. You know, very, very experienced player. He, he's always, you know, really level-headed. Um, his energy, you can feel it throughout the team. He's never really too high or low. And I think a lot of the younger players, especially, that helps them throughout the games. You know, when certain situations happen or if we were to concede a goal, you know, he really helps to, to keep the balance of the team and, and not, not let people lose their heads. And, you know, he's, he's been a class player for us. I don't think he's he's missed a game or he's, he hasn't missed many games. So he's been really consistent since he's come and he's been a great addition. Ethan, I think of Brentford in, in recent years and I think of you at Griffin Park with a pub on every corner. But now this is Brentford of the Premier League. Do you feel like a Premier League club? Yeah, I do. Um, I think in our first season for pretty much the whole team, it, it was our first time in the Premier League. So... I think, you know, that first period, you know, sometimes you're, you're more aware of, you know, who you're playing against, the stadiums you're going to and, you know, all, all the extra stuff outside. But, you know, I think as we got into the season and now into our second year, we really feel a part of it. Like I mentioned before, we've got some big results and, you know, I think, you know, with our performances and, and the character we show on the pitch, we feel like we belong here now. You've certainly got a Premier League striker and Ivan Tony, have you not? He's, he's third only behind Kane and Haaland. Yeah, um, you know, when you look at some of the, the four players in the Premier League, for him to be third in the scoring charts is, is unbelievable. And, you know, he's, he's a great goal scorer, but, you know, he brings a lot of other stuff to the team as well. He's a big character, he's a leader, and, you know, he's, he's a quality player, very, very intelligent in, in what he does. And, 
it's a credit to him and obviously he's been recognised with, with the England call-up and yeah, I think it's well-deserved. I get the impression, Ethan, you guys are loving life and, and why wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah, we are. Um, obviously, we, we haven't won for a few games now so that's maybe something we're looking to, to change but um, I think when you view it over the course of the season, it's been really enjoyable and hopefully we can get to back to winning ways as soon as possible. Ethan Pinner, good lad. Enjoyed the chat with you, Ethan. And now you want to start winning again, and obviously you do. I don't think Brentford fans will thank me for this, Simon, but I'm going to do it anyway. Thomas Frank, you've got your own views of Thomas Frank now and again. And, uh, I've I, really I li- had previously, yeah, but I think he's a very good manager. Oh, very much so. Yeah. I mean, they, so quite rightly, um, the powers that be at Brentford tied him down to 2027. 20, yep. But we know that in football, that can change overnight. Yeah. So he's one win away from his 100th in all competition as yeah. Brentford manager. Someone's going to come and knock on his door. It, it's a matter of time. Do you think Brentford, would you, if you were at the top of the house at Brentford, each and every day that passes, each and every game that passes, would you be prepared for that knock on the door? Not given what Thomas Frank has said, because he's been quite forthright about his position at Brentford and his relationship with Brentford and how much he values Brentford. So he's been quite unique in that perspective. When it's been addressed with him about the fact that there will be potential suitors and there'll be potential opportunities, he has spoken like most football managers do not speak, which is that he has been quite succinct about where his future is, where he thinks the value of Brentford to him is in his life and the challenges that he wants to have. You know, I the, 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 the guy's immersed in the fan base. I know certain things he's done with fans with disabilities that are quite remarkable in terms of the level of detail that he pays to the fan base of Brentford Football Club. I think he's done a remarkable job. There is also the flip side on the other side. If you're someone in looking at Thomas Frank, there's always this curbishly feel about someone that operates within the confines of a smaller club and I hope Brentford fans don't take exception by me saying that, with a smaller club with different expectations, which is what Charlton were once upon a time. And Alan Kerbishley was being revered and looked at as this wonderful manager that got Charlton to punch above their weight. They were the model football club. Yeah, sure. They were the blueprint. Yeah. And yet when you took him out, okay, he did okay at West Ham, but he didn't do what people anticipated. Now, there could be an element of that, but I do think the predominant situation is, if I'm the owner of Brentford, I think that my garden is blooming and I think the the gardener that I've got, which is encouraging it to bloom, the manager, is quite comfortable in his position. And I've got to make sure that that stays the same way. Welcome to the Coliseum of Confrontation. Outspoken with White and Jordan. Thanks for listening to Outspoken with White and Jordan. Please leave us a review wherever you get your podcast. We'll be back each weekday to bring you the best of the show. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, You can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.